The Success in South Florida podcast is brought to you by the team at Rawson Law Firm. If you need DUI or criminal defense representation, call the Rawson Law Firm at 754-206-6200 or check the description of today's episode for more contact information. The Rawson Law Firm, helping good people when bad things happen so they can achieve their best futures. Welcome to Success in South Florida, featuring interviews with entrepreneurs, leaders, and other movers and shakers across South Florida to find out how they're doing their part to enhance the local community. Your host is Adam Rawson, the founder and CEO of the Rawson Law Firm. Adam's an award-winning attorney, former prosecutor, and a lifelong South Florida resident. He became an attorney because he believes in helping those in need and in crafting lifelong relationships in the community. This podcast is an extension of that mission. Let's get to today's interview. Here's Adam Rawson. All right, everybody. Here we are on the Success in South Florida podcast. My name is Adam Rawson, your host. And on today's show, we have Amanda Marino here. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, Adam. How are you? I'm so grateful to be here today. Um, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing amazingly well. Everything's going really awesome for me and and the Rawson Law Firm and, and my family as well. So we're, we're very happy. Everything's amazing. So now, Amanda, we've known each other for a few years. So if you can just start off and, and introduce yourself um, and you know, tell us who you are and you know, why do we need to hear about you and, and your success? Well, first of all, thank you for you know, asking me to be like one of the first few guests on your podcast. That like means a whole lot to me, Adam. And, and just, you know, I respect the work that you and your team do in South Florida and and that you do to help you know people with their criminal cases. So I, I admire you, respect you, look up to you, and and you inspire me on a daily basis. So thank you for asking me to do this. My name is Amanda Marino. I am a mom first of two. I have a seventeen year old son, and I have a um, a ten year old daughter. I am born and raised here in South Florida, which is rare. Um, you know we. Florida, South Florida is kind of people from everywhere. Like most of my friends are from somewhere else, but I was born in Fort Lauderdale. I raised part of my childhood down there and then moved to like Delray, Boynton area um, when I got older. You know, I went down a, a troubled path. Um, I, I was, you know, I went through a lot of childhood trauma, um, a lot of abuse. I had my sister abducted in front of me um, when my mom finally got us away from my abuser and she was brought to another country and then brought back on the news. So all of these, you know, big traumatic events happen from ages four to seven. And so that really like kind of turned me into a problem child, which I I understand now. Yeah. Well, well, Amanda, I mean, that's, you know, that that's incredible, you know, as far as some of the things that, you know, at a very early age that you had to overcome. So first of all, you said that you were born and raised in South Florida. So I was, or I am as well. So we're two of the very few, you know, natives. Um, yes. you know, and it's, it's always, it's always funny. I always like to say, Hey, you know, we don't really have an accent. We're the only ones that talk normal. And then everybody else mm-hmm. comes down here and with their funny accents, whether it's from New York or the Midwest or whatever, but that, that's how you can really spot a, a native Floridian is because we just, we, we talk normally. No one else. Well, that's what we think. We, that's what we think. But if we go, if I go to the South, they think I'm from the Northeast. And if I go to the Northeast, they think I'm from the South. So we're right. kind of a mix. I don't know if we talk yeah. normal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I, you know, I, I went down like a, a pretty challenging journey, you know, going through what I went through. I, I, I believe this, this thing that like people that went through what I went through were meant to be destined to be messed up and have really hard lives. And, and I kind of like, that was my excuse for everything. And, um, I have come from a long history of addiction and mental illness on both sides of my family. 
and lots of generational trauma. And, um, you know, at 26, I had an 18 month old child and I decided to change my life. Um, I got sober, became mentally stable, um, and really just changed everything and became a completely different person in the past almost 16 years. And, you know, it's been, it's been the passion that's fueled me for what I do for a living every day. Oh, that, that's, that's an amazing story. So Amanda, what, what actually do you do for a living? Let's, let's talk about that and how you, you know, cause I, I know you're wildly successful. You do so much good for, you know, the community at large, uh, for individual people, but let's, let's go into that and let's really talk about that. Yeah. So I worked in behavioral health, um, you know, on the business side for about a decade and I loved that part of it for a while until I didn't, um, until I really wanted to make a greater impact with people like on a personal level. And so I started working for different case management companies and um, coaching, you know, getting trained in different things, finished my degree, um, my undergrad, and, and then started training, doing interventions, case management, coaching, and started doing that on the side and like loved it. And I had this vision. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this by myself. You know, I'm going to go off and, and take a leap, but I need for it to be the right timing. So I, I, I prepared for a while, but I couldn't wait till like, I wanted to wait till after Christmas in 2019, but I couldn't wait. So I, I stopped, I quit my job in August and just went for it. And I had a lot of people tell me things like, you're going to have to get another job. You're not going to be able to do this work full time. It won't be you know busy enough. You know, you, you shouldn't get a partner, like all these things that chime in, but I stayed listening to my gut and my own truth. And we have now built, you know, this beautiful concierge mental health and addiction business that's very successful, nationally known. We have a psychiatrist, psychologist, a great team of coaches. I have a wonderful business partner, Blake Cohen, who you know, and we do everything with, you know, we put 110 into every family that we work with. I love it. Now, what you said really stuck with me. You know, you had the vision and and you decided to take that leap. So let, let's go into a little bit more detail about what that was like, um, you know, emotionally for you when you you have people who are people who care about you, their loved ones, their friends, right? But a lot of times what I've seen is that those loved ones and friends, they put their own stuff onto us, right? Um, so you have these people who mean well, but they're, you know, unintentionally negative to you. And so how did you balance that and just really trust that, that gut and, and take that, you know, very brave, um, leap of faith? Yes. Great question. And let me start by saying the only difference between me, and I say this all the time between me and someone else that has like a dream that, that I, you know, that the reason I'm successful in business is I have the audacity and the balls to take the leap to do it. Like that's the only right. difference. I have nothing more special than somebody else that has a great vision dream. I just had the audacity to go for it. So fortunately in my circle, my friends and my family and everyone like that actually believed in me more than I did just based upon what they had already seen me do um, with like my nonprofit that I had started and things like that. So I was questioning myself, but those, those little side comments that I just mentioned were not really from relevant people. They were just from people that kind of thought they'd put their true sense in. And I just, I've learned, you know, I was, you know, I also was bullied as a kid. I, I've learned to, you know roll things off and like take what you need and leave the rest and not take things personal. And they were other people's projections. Like maybe they had a dream and they wanted to do something and, and they didn't feel like they could be successful at it. So they told me that, you know, I was going to need to get a job, you know? So it, I never took any of that stuff personal, but I'm the kind of person like telling you, I can't do something and I will do it like extra in your face. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So, you know, that, that's funny. I, I, I know somebody like that. Um, I look at them in the mirror every single day. So, yes. Tell me know, I can't I, do it. Even like, an, even now, like, tell me I can't hit a golf ball, like at the, the drive, the little, you know, top golf thing. Tell me I can't. And I will like, I'll do it perfectly. Like I just right. get motivated by people telling me that I can't do something. Yeah. It's, it's that competitive fire and it's just the, you know, wanting to be excellent. Um, I felt in myself and, and, you know, it's so funny because I, I say that I, it's, I say the exact same thing. So it's really about taking action. You know, you said you have the balls, the audacity to go ahead and do that. Well, you know, at, at the Ross and law firm, we have five core values and our third core value is to take action. Um, there's a yeah. book. I don't know if you read this book called eat that frog. Um, but we we talk about that a lot on the podcast of taking action of don't, you know, confuse activity with accomplishment and do the big thing, take the leap and just go for it. So, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of you to be able to just do that um, because it, it must have been scary. Did you have any, you know, fear or doubts in the maybe week or two leading up to the big launch or maybe in the first few weeks or month after you did launch? Well, this is the thing. So it kind of unraveled like beautifully. Um, so, you know, that's how, you know, it's like meant to be, you know, you show up, you do the work and when it just like unfolds before your face, it's like, this is God's plan, you know? Um, so I had, you know, had this when I, towards the end of like my marketing and for the program that I worked for in Utah, I was already coaching and branding myself as coaching locally. So I was already in people's ears for a couple years before and the interventions and the case management prior to me leaving. So I really just beautifully fell into place. So I was already busy when I started on my own. And then I realized quickly that I couldn't do this alone. And I needed a partner. And I like weighed a bunch of people in my head, like really old school people or like, you know, some kind of really solid therapist or, you know, and I just, I had known Blake for a decade and known his character. And after some letdowns I went through with my nonprofit and some heartbreak, I, I had to be somebody I trusted to partner with. And it came to me like divine intervention on a run. It had to be Blake. And Blake had like, a couple of really good, solid job offers at that time. Um, so when him and I partnered and we launched Next Level, that's when it was a little scary because I had a lot of that imposter syndrome. Who, who the heck am I? You know, everyone that's been right. doing this work that I know has been doing this for twenty plus years. They're really, you know, they're seasoned. They're they're all my mentors. Why, why me? Right? Did you you had yeah. that? Why should somebody oh, hire yeah. me? Well, why? Yeah, I, I, but I had to like just keep doing good work and proving to myself and proving to anyone that referred to us that like we do, we we're all in and we're cutting edge and innovative. Like we've learned from the great OGs, but we're also young and hungry and willing to try new creative things too, which a lot of people aren't in our industry, you know, very, sometimes it's black or white and it's not for next level. Right. Oh, oh yeah. No, we, I, I firmly believe in, you know, evolve or die, right. Grow or die. And that's something too at the firm, you know, with us being very experienced, but not having that, you know, 40, 50 year old school mentality that, you know, we were on the cutting edge of technology and, and just different approaches as, as well. So I, I, I completely understand. And I think that's where the real innovation and the growth happens is when you, you have somebody who looks at something and really just says, why? well, why do you do it this way? Why should we do it this way? You know, why is this the way, you know, and most of the time the answer is, well, because it's the way it's always been done, right? Which is right. not a good answer. That's not, that's no reason, you know? Right. Um, Success and, rates are, are, are terrible nationally with mental health and substance use disorder. So like we have to continue to evolve and try new things. And like yeah. something I love that you guys do that I think we are very similar in is 
you keep yourselves very relatable and can and humanize and like, you know, what I see the things you do on social media. Yes, you're a criminal attorney, but you are a, a cool guy and you have like interests and you're down to earth and you're approachable. And like, we try to be like that too. Like I'm not some stuffy better than professional, I'm not saying that anyone else is, but like, I try to be, I'm going to be me at this point in my life. I'm 41 years old. I've been through all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be me. And there's going to be people that are going to come and be drawn to me in the line to me. And then there's going to be people that I'm going to make cringe. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Right. Exactly. Attract and repel. That That's one of our tenants. You know, we want to attract the people who would be, you know, a great fit to work with us, whether it's personally, professionally, right. Um, and then repel the ones who might just be a better fit for somebody else. And that's okay. I, I've learned that totally. as well. You know, it's yeah. to say, hey, this isn't the right fit. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure you want, if anybody's coming to see you, you want them to be successful with you. So if you think that it's not, you would rather have them go to somewhere else where they have a better chance to be successful and, and vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely. We turn down business all the time because we want it to be the right fit. And if we never pressure any, like if someone is like on the fence, I tell them, please sit with it. Please you know, talk to your family. Like we want you to be 100% comfortable before you work with us. Like, and we know that we're not the right fit for everyone. So yeah, we, we turn down things all the time that right. don't feel well, right. Well, Amanda, I, I know you and Blake are all in kind of people, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you want that as well from the people that you work with. Just, just like me, you know, for me, it's, if it's not a hundred, it's a zero. There, there's yeah. really nothing. <laughs> so, yes. Good communication is like the most important thing in the work we do. And it's, it's really hard to find in our business somehow. And it's like the most important thing. Um, and that's one thing we really pride ourselves on. You've grown your team quite a bit. Have you run into any communication issues or how do you prevent there to be communication issues? You know, when you have multiple people and mo doing multiple things and, um, you know, people have, obviously have personalities to manage. So how, how have you and, and Blake really worked through that? Yeah, that's definitely one of the more interesting parts of the job. You wouldn't think it's as challenging as like dealing with families in crisis, but sometimes it is, you know, personalities and preferences and, you know, and we're asking people sometimes to go live with someone for, you know, a long period of time, you know, so, so there's a, we try to give, we're, we're team centered and team focused. So if we treat our team well and make sure our team is trained, well-equipped and supported, then they're going to be wonderful with our clients. So we really put a lot into like giving to our team. And, and we believe that that way we have the best client care, but managing people is always, you know, complicated, but we have our core team. So it's like Blake, myself, Dr. Jeffrey Hutman and Sarah Frias, our team manager. So like the four of us do like the most of the work. And then we have contracted coaches, you know, interventionists, companions, all of these different services, which, you know, we handpicked everyone. And so we know them and we, we, we work with them often. And so we, we try to keep it as tight knit as we can. You know, we do need to, to, of course, expand it at different times and add in, you know, somebody overseas and things like that. So, so we are expanding, but we're just really selective. We don't just accept like any person that wants to do the work. Right. Oh, uh, no, absolutely. You know, same, same thing for us as we've grown, you know, in, in three short years, we three and a half years, we grew from a team of three to, to 20. <laughs> we've realized, wow. you know, communication, communication is key um, because, yeah. we all, you know, Right. And miscommunications are a lot of times just the result of, you know, just poor, you know, or half incomplete communications or, or assumptions. And we've realized, you know, now just don't assume anything, spend the extra time to, you know, make sure it's a full and complete communication um, to really, you know, prevent errors or mistakes from happening. Because I'm sure, you yeah, know, in your field and mine, you know, mistakes can yeah. be, you know, can be very serious. Yeah. I mean, we've set up protocols and, and, and things like, 
so that it's certain things we expected people to know, you know, like if you're driving a client, you know, drive the speed limit. Someone didn't know that, you know, and so we now put that in the paperwork before we sit, you know, like in the, before they, that they have to sign before they take a job on. So there's little things you learn along the way that you add in. Um, and we've definitely learned a lot in three years. And I think we know we're pretty, we, we know what we're great at and we know what, um, what is not a good fit for us. And we know the kind of people we want involved in our team and, you know, and they're, they're kind of drawn to us. And I'm sure it's kind of the same with you. Like even Tess and I were talking about before, like, you know, when, when everyone wants me and Blake, because we were the faces, you know, for so long, how do we get everyone to know that our team is just as good. Right. Or that, and that, cause Blake and I are involved in every case and Dr. Hotman and Sarah, all of us, but we have to promote our team and put them out there and let people get to know them too, because they're all incredible. Like anyone that works with us is so great that anyone that we would bring in to work with them is in just as good a hands as they would be with Blake and I. Right. Absolutely. And so what I tell, you know, our clients too, is, you know, as great, I, I you know, again, we're, we're not stuffy either. So we try to have a little fun, but I say, look, as great as, as captain America is captain America can't win every battle by himself. He needs the full Avengers. You know, somebody has, sometimes you just need the Hulk to come in and smash things up and raise hell, right? Sometimes you you might need more of that intelligent approach of of Iron Man, right? Totally. Um, And yeah. And when you've built that, you know, hand selected, you know, curated team, and when you make sure that everybody lives the same core values that you do, you know, that's where excellence really can be there and, and you can scale that. Um, that that level of excellence, because I'm sure, you know, being in your industry, you've, you know, not just, you know, you've had a great mentors and certain things, which I want to talk to in a little bit, but you probably know a lot of people and a lot of different companies that don't do it the way you've envisioned it and the way that you've created your team to do it. I know in, in our field, we have the same. So, yes. Um, yeah. I love know, the Marvel it, it, reference just first of all, because I, um, my son and I have watched all the Marvel series. So I love all that reference. And, and that's the thing too, is truth is I'm not the best fit. Like I know if it's an older, older adult, I, they don't want to hear, I've done many interventions on older females and older males and they, I remind them of their child. So they don't want to hear from me. I have the appropriate fit for them. I'm not the best fit for everyone. We have a, somebody for everybody on our team, you know, and that is like the, like kind of like the analogies you were just using, you know, um, right. it's just so important to know your clients and get a lot of information and, and see who's the best fit. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, like if you have a mission to do good in, in our local community and help others, which I know you do, then it's, I always look at it as it's your ethical, moral duty and obligation to grow your business and grow it the right way. So that way, you know, you can have a greater positive impact. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I know it, yeah. With, with us, that's we're true. aligned on that. Yeah. We're Perfect. definitely aligned. Yep. We're aligned on a yep. lot, Adam. We I, are. I know. I know. Well, look, I think this is, this is the perfect time to go to our commercial break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk to you about the roles that mentors and, and coaches have had in your life. So we're going to go to break and we'll be right back. When something bad happens, who do you turn to? In South Florida, the answer is the Rawson Law Firm, criminal and DUI defense for when bad things happen to good people. The Rawson Law Firm is a team of six award-winning criminal defense attorneys, including two board-certified criminal trial experts. They also have federal and white-collar divisions in the practice. Every day, the team's mission is simple, to help when bad things happen to good people so they can achieve their best future. To learn more about the team and how they can help you, connect on Facebook and Instagram at Rawson Law Firm. 
You'll also find helpful and entertaining videos on Rossin Law Firm YouTube channel. Just check this episode's description for all the ways you can connect. All right, and we're back from our commercial break with Amanda Marino. And so, Amanda, you were recently on a television show from A&E. So can you talk to us about that? Yes, it was such an awesome experience. I um, it, it, it aired this summer, but we shot it all the prior year. Um, it aired summer of 22. And we shot it in 21. And I, I went to different places in the country, two places in California and one place in Ohio. And it was focused on digital addictions. And the show included, you know, um, social media, gaming, online shopping, porn, and online gambling. And, you know, it's something that unfortunately America isn't fully ready to like accept that we have a problem with this and like our children have a problem with this. And, and so it was, a, it's, it was cutting edge, but I think a little too early cause it's going to be just a one season show. But um, you know, I come from, I grew up in South Florida and South beach used to be like the, the place of the entertainment industry for years. And, you know, in the nineties and two thousands. And I, I grew up doing, you know, modeling and acting and hip hop dancing and just kind of grew up in that whole scene, even into my early twenties. And when I got sober, when I was 26, I was 200 pounds, face full of acne, had no clue how I turned into that from what I once was, which was a very good experience for me, very humbling. But I had a dream then to, you know, eventually do something in the entertainment way that was giving back and of sub something of substance and, and purpose. And so I had actually auditioned for intervention. And at the time, they were not taking people out of the state of California to work because of COVID protocols. And somehow, I, you know, because I had the digital addiction experience, I got recommended for this show. And it was just such a, I, I loved it. I love being able to help the women. I loved what it brought to my life and my children's life, how I take social media breaks now for six months, a month. Um, I, I have a different limitation with my children and just... It was just, everything came full circle for me. It was really beautiful. That, that's amazing here. So, and are people going to, um, has it, has the show already aired? It, yeah, it aired this summer, but you can still find it on like, um, on a &E, you know, the app and, um, I, I have it recorded if you want to ever see it, I can send it to you, but it's, um, yeah, you know, I was on, great. I was on three, three episodes. I was on Carissa, Stephanie and Skylar. And all of them were social media addicted females, um, young, and really, really had an impact on their life. You know, um, they had no personal relationships, really all the behaviors of someone with, you know, a serious, another kind of, you know, other kind of addiction, uh, but just with, with social media, it was pretty wild. Right. Well, that, that's awesome. We can hopefully see you, um, you know, see you in action on that. So, and you had talked about being, you know, just a little, dis just talking about disappointment um, from it being a one season show. So, you know, do you still consider the show a success and where do you think um, maybe, you know, it, it went wrong and, and what are your plans for this in the future or, or maybe to pivot from this? Yeah, well, it was definitely, listen, it was a great experience. I think we were close on the numbers because I remember the producers like texting me and saying, we just need some more views. And I think maybe one thing I did wrong was I posted clips I should have not posted any clips and made people go watch it because then people were like, oh yeah, I saw you. I saw the clip you posted on social media. So I probably could have helped get more people to watch if I didn't do that. But, um, but it was, I think that America, like from the studies and the research they did with the show, America is not ready to admit that there's like social media addiction is a thing or like that these are actual problems. Like, oh, we're all on our phone too much. Oh, we all have to work on our computer. So it's, there's, there's a lot of excuses as to where like substance use disorder, eating disorders, like other addictions, you can see the impact and you can't deny it. So 
there's a fine line between, you know, someone overusing and then it becoming, um, you know, disordered. And usually it's, it happens in 30 year olds that have been, that started these behaviors in their, you know, teens. So they have 15 years under their belt or so of this, and it turns into the addiction mode. So unfortunately America wasn't ready for it yet, but I think it was great that it's out there and it brought awareness. And I, I did, you know, inter- I did uh, audition for something else coming up. So I, I can't say anything else about it, but there could, I could be on something else in the future. Well, well fingers crossed. Hopefully we, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll have good news. And so, Amanda, how did that feel to go from 20 years ago to, you know, backup, backup booty dancer and music videos, right? <laughs> to a star of the show, you know, how did, did you ever have a moment just of, of, you know, filming or getting ready to film being like, wow, look, look at, look at me now. It was one of those things like I may, I feel like I manifested it and I, I, I was not the star of the show. First of all, I was the expert and the professional, but the, the client was really the star because they, you know, they reached out for help to be part of this documentary and they wanted to get help and, and the, their willingness to participate in this, in this time where it's still looked at, like, is that really a problem? Or are they making a choice, you know? Um, so, but I, I felt honored and privileged. I felt right at home on a full set with camera, I, I, with cameras and make all that stuff. Like I am, I love all that. It's, I'd rather be in that kind of setting. This is so weird than sit at home alone and talk to my phone. I'd rather have cameras and lights and all this stuff all around me. That is more comfortable for me than sitting and looking at my phone and making a video by myself in my house. That feels more weird. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you're, you're just ready. You know, when the lights come on, you're ready. Oh yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. It's, I'm not, it's like naturally it's just, it's, I've been like that since I was four years old. And my mom said, I jumped on a stage at like um, some festival in Fort Lauderdale with the Polynesian dancers and just like started dancing with them. Like I jumped on stage with Carlos Santana when I was 14. Like I just was always like that. Like I, I, I love, I just am very, you know, I live in the moment, you know, and, and go for it. And I'm, I'm very comfortable in front of cameras and, and things like that. I love hearing that. Now you mentioned about, you know, just kind of that you feel as though you manifested this. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and, you know, putting things out in the universe, right. And manifesting them for, in my own life. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, is this something that you regularly practice? And if so, you know, how is that working for you? So manifestation in my life has been something that's been part of my journey from, you know, when I changed my life at 26, when I got sober and became mentally stable because they came one in the same. I, you know, was, like I said, 200 pounds, face full of, of acne, like no, no career, no, you know, no, not able to hold a job, all of these things. And I had some pretty audacious goals for myself that I really wanted to accomplish. And like people, even that, like, I remember telling my sister, I wanted to run a half marathon and she laughed at me. But anything that I put on like a goals or a vision board or anything that I really wanted to do that either comes to me through divine intervention, because it does, I get these direct hits of like, this is what you need to do. And the gut feeling, and I've learned to like really trust that. Like, that's how I came up with the idea for my nonprofit. That's how I decided to partner with Blake. That's how Next Level was born. So when I'm in tune with that, when I'm spiritually connected, spiritual work is like very important for my recovery. It's like the key, the forefront of that. And manifesting things in my life, like, you know, I, I believe that everything I have today and how I have it, of course, I've put the work in, of course, um, I've had to struggle, but I keep my eye and on the vision and what I want and believe that it's possible for me. Even if I doubt in moments, I still believe that it's possible and I can see it and visualize it and just draw it into my life. You know, anything I've wanted relationship wise, friend wise, how my kids are like 
my, I, you know, I want, always wanted to own my own home. I own my own home by myself. It's a you know, single mom, you know, like anything that I've, I've really felt like I could go after. I just set my eyes on it and just make it happen. And it, I do believe that visualizing it and believing it's possible for you, even if you have moments of, of doubt is really important. And so Amanda, what advice would you give to others that, that might be struggling or just down on themselves? You know, I'm, I'm sure you, you give, you know, advice every day. So what do you have out there for the people who are listening to this, who, you know, maybe have a, a goal, a big goal, or don't think they're worthy or, you know, have that imposter syndrome. What, what would you say to them? Well, first, you know, like I say, plan, prepare, manifest, go for it. There's like this little, like few little things, but, you know, have a plan. Don't let fear stop you. Do it in spite of what anyone says, whatever the fear is, no matter what, do it, try it. What's the, like for me, my work, and then identify your worst case scenario. My worst case scenario is I had to go get a job. No big deal. That's not, that's not bad. Right. And also like self-love and self-care. It all comes back to that. It's truly the answer to anything. People that are hurting or struggling know that you're not alone. Like I go through stuff all the time. Like I struggle, I hurt. I get through, you know, and you're not alone. Everybody is going through something. Everyone has something, whether you, whatever you see a picture of whatever's people's life, that's not the real thing. Everyone has stuff and you're not alone. And there's so much help out there and, you know, build yourself up, do things that are esteemable. You know, if you need to, if you don't fully believe in yourself, little sticky notes around of like things that, you know, that are positive, you know, listen, do, do positive meditations, um, surround yourself with good people, spend time in nature. It just always comes back to self and self-love. And if you give yourself what you need, you're capable of anything. I, I completely agree. And, you know, even on that fear piece, I've always heard, or I've always said, you know, fear just stands for false events appearing real. So anytime yes. when I have a big thing going on, I just, you know, trust myself. You know, I, I do believe, you know, everybody is special in their own way and trust your gut as long as you have the plan and prepare and, you know, and, and you can overcome that fear because it is, you know, it's false events appearing real. It, it's not real. It's just, you know, it's things that your brain makes up, um, you know, in order to keep, keep the status quo. Um, There's actually I, I a great believe. book for that um, about that voice in our head. It's called The Untethered Soul. Um, okay. It helps you to identify this voice, the voice that we have in our head, which 15, I did hear research recently that 15% of people do not have the inner dialogue and God, I wish I was one of them because <laughs> I have, I have, I'm definitely an extra uh, overthinker and I would believe you are too, Adam. Yes. Um, so it helps you to identify this voice and more observe it rather than think all of it is like real, you know, because would you listen to a person in your face? telling you contradicting stuff all day long, going back and forth, replaying, wouldn't you think that they were like out of their minds? Like you wouldn't. Right, so absolutely. this book helps you to identify that and separate it into to observe more. And that's something like I would recommend to anybody that's just trying to get self-help and understand themselves better. It's a great book. And who wrote that book? Michael Singer. Okay. You can get on, I know I have it on my Kindle, um, but you can buy it on, you know, Kindle or, or whatever, but yeah, just identify that, that those those voices in the head can really mess with you, your, your own voice. And it's in your own, you're telling, talking to yourself in your own voice and you're contradicting yourself all day long, pun repunishing yourself for things that have happened, going, replaying scenarios, you know, twisting them around. And it's just, it's such a waste of energy, you know, but we all, all do it except for 15% of you, which lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're right. But I, I feel as though once you're able to you know, maybe have an understanding of that and understand what it is and what it's not, um, which is very difficult to do, 
Um, but once you can accomplish that, then you really can get a hold of, of that, you know, person in your head. So the untethered soul by Michael Singer. So we'll definitely put that in the show notes and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll recommend that. that that's a great resource. And so now, Amanda, I want to pivot just a little bit. We, I want to talk about, you know, um, did you have any mentors or coaches or people in your lives who you've always kind of gone to maybe for, for advice, you know, in the past and, and currently? And if so, how has that helped you in your success? I absolutely always have a mentor or multiple. I actually have many. Um, and I always have in this field, I learned that early on that to like learn from, you know, in behavioral health and mental health, like to learn and align with the best people. Like I sought out the, the people that I wanted to aspire to learn from and grow to be like, so I've always had mentors. Some I, I'm like, I claim I'm like, you're my, you're mentoring me. <laughs> like, sorry, no mm -hmm. choice. <laughs> um, and it, it helps you to well, build. You, you manifest the, the mentorship, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Manifested it. You don't I know it yet, I did a LinkedIn live yesterday with my, my co-host of my, win, my winter leadership summit conference out and it's going to be an Aspen this year, but we talked about mentorship and we're both in a place in the field where we're still getting mentored, but we're also mentoring and passing on what we know. And I think that that continual passing the torch, um, in, in our, in the behavioral healthcare field is super important. Um, I, I, I will always be mentored. I will always be a student, always learning. And then what I do know I'm always happy to share and, you know, support and encourage anyone that reaches out to me for that as well. Right. I've found too that, you know, I think they call it the, the giver's gain when you're able to, you know, give part of yourself or your experience to others, you know, be the, the teacher. Um, you actually learn a lot as well. And I know I have, I've, I've learned on, on both ends of, of the spectrum. You know, I consider myself a forever learner um, at the firm. We, we hire people um, specifically to see, you know, for, we specifically hire people who are forever learners because, right. um, you know, just life is about growing and experiencing things and getting better and then passing that knowledge down. And, you know, your, your children are, are older than mine, but I am so excited to be the parent uh, of, to my two boys and to, you know, mentor them and coach them and teach them and just be involved in their lives. So, um, yeah. how, how has that been as a, as a mother with, of, of two oh, children? They're my favorite people in the world. They are the coolest most loving they're just good people and you know they I've I've broken the generational trauma right my kids were raised in a home with no nobody that my son at 17 was just around a, a family drinking for the first time he's never even been around that I was like holy moly that's wild to me um my you know they know that I'm here emotionally for them they know that they're safe that they're loved that they can be angry at me like they were angry at me when I got the divorce they were both really mad at me and I allowed them to express that to me as long as they were respectful and it's safe in my home and my kids are just like I I'm present for everything for them I'm involved with everything we're very very close they tell me everything um and you know, they respect me as a parent figure, but I also love to do fun things with them and, and you know, and make it create experiences with them because that's the stuff they're going to remember. Right. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm living it now at a much, you know, younger age um, for, you know, of my children and, and I can't wait to just continue to grow and, and, you know, be their parent, also be the mentor, be a friend, you know, and just have all of those experiences with, with my two boys and my wife. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. So that's the best. 
Yeah. So Amanda, all right. Um, so let's just, you know, talk a little bit more about next level recovery associates. Where can people find you? If anybody wants to talk further, have you on, you know, or uh, on any of their shows or just if they're in need of your services, how can somebody get in touch with you? Yeah. Our um, website is nextlevelra.com like for recovery associates. Um, and I'm Amanda at nextlevelra.com. I am big on LinkedIn. Um, that's my favorite social. Um, I'm on Instagram as Amanda Marino Recovery. I'm also on Facebook, Amanda Marino Addiction Recovery Specialist, I believe it is. And then Next Level is also on there. So you can find me a lot of places. We also have a YouTube channel, which we just released a 10-part series, uh, like a table talk kind of series with our psychologist. Um, so, you know, you can find me anywhere. You can find me on A&E. <laughs> digital addiction right. go check yep. it out um and yeah and I, i'm you know i'm always around I'm, I'm always willing to help you know guide someone in the right direction whether they're a fit for our company or not if you're struggling with mental anything mental illness addiction eating disorder you know um process addictions gambling sex online shopping whatever it is i'm here and i know the resources around the country even internationally now that can help help support you Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, we, the, our, our community in the world need more people like you in it, Amanda, that's for sure. And we're very lucky I to think, you know, have you part of our community. I think the same of you and your team. Perfect. Yep. I, I, I know that that's why we work so well together, you know, whether yes. it's just cases or even as friends. Yes. Um, and much know, more to come, much more to come in 2023. I'm manifesting that Adam. How about that? I'm putting that out perfect. there. I'd love to hear it. I, I want to <laughs> see it. I, I, I want to see it, you know, let's do fan. it. So yeah, any anything we can do together. I know we're gonna have a, a LinkedIn pretty soon on on your show. So I'm very excited about that. And and of course we can host, you know, we've talked about hosting some some of our conferences or and speaking engagements and CEUs and lectures. Yes. Um, you know, anything we can do to really spread the spread our knowledge and just be that, you know, that that community leader, right? Yeah. Uh, the person who um, you know, when when people are in trouble, whatever their issues are. You know, they need good people to rely on and and be that that leader um, and that you know that role model. So Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we're we're a big fan of yours here at the firm. Um, oh, so all right, you. Amanda, of course. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and um, you know it was great chatting. And ho- you know, I know all of our listeners and viewers are gonna you know get some great information about this, and um, you know we'll we'll be talking soon. Awesome, thank you. Just go for it. Don't have any regrets. Go for it. Thanks, Adam. Of course. Thanks, Amanda. Bye.